Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we will be talking about the 14th episode of the first season of Supernatural titled Nightmare. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, can we start with just how wrong I was? Absolutely. what this was going to be about. Yeah. <laughs> it was not even slightly what I thought it was going to be about. I'm so glad that they can finally surprise you because you've actually been weirdly on point about a lot of the predictions, except skin. In skin, you thought people were going to get skinned. But yeah, so were you pleasantly surprised? No. Oh. <laughs> I was so hyped up for the version that was going to be in my head. I was like, yes, sleep paralysis demon. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, that could be terrifying. And then it was like... Sam's having nightmares. Sam's having nightmares. That's why we called it Nightmare. (laughs) Very creative. I just, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it's not even like, I think it would have been more interesting. Like, obviously, this is really relevant from sort of like an overarching plotline perspective. But I think it would have been more interesting as an episode if... It had been about a whole bunch of, like, different people, if that makes sense. Like, it's not just he's having nightmares and is picking up on this one specific dude's murder spree because his mother happened to be killed in the same way as Mary. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I so don't know. you, you kind of just wish there were, like, more connections rather yeah. than just the singular? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I, I wish there was more connections to this one dude or there were more people who Involved. were all impacted in the same way and he's dreaming about all of them. Yeah, so more of, like, a... Like a sense-eight kind of deal. I never watched that. Neither did I, but <laughs> I heard that this was what it was about. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But I think in I think in sense-eight, should probably checked up on this before I decided to use it as an analogy, but I'm pretty sure they're all like psychically linked somehow and yeah. they all like, I don't know, mind meld yeah. to each other. So is that's kind of what you were more thinking? Like you thought... Yeah, like like a bigger spider web. I was sort of imagining like either Sam is connected to more people Mm -hmm. and he's like dreaming about a whole bunch of different people's crimes or he's got more connections to the one guy who is because it's sort of like they have the one connection. They both had their mother die and now they've got some sort of psychic slash telekinetic powers. And it just, for me, it was sort of like they pull these conclusions sort of like Sam himself pulls this conclusion of like well what if that like what if I become like that Mm. and it's like this case of there's not enough connections for me to support that thinking you know what I mean like you're like "Mm, the hypothesis sure but we don't have enough to like yeah but also it's for Sam to pull the conclusion, oh, maybe I'm going to go crazy and start killing people because this one guy who happened to have his mother murdered by the same thing is basically just go and kill his abusers is very different to Sam just starting to murder people, which is what he's sort of drawing the connection to. Yeah. I think it's Sam is a very interesting character. And like we've said a lot in the first sort of half of this season, we got not that much insight into who he is as a character, like as a person in comparison to Dean. But as this season and next season progress, we do get a lot more about like Sam and like how he thinks and and things. And one of the interesting things is he does tend to like almost assume the worst in himself. Like, you know, he he draws this connection, which like you say is like, it's too coincidental, particularly in the supernatural context for them to dismiss it. 
it's like that it's like that thing where it's like huh weird that that happened twice but he also yeah sort of is like oh my god his first thought is what if i also become evil and it's like but sam <laughs> you're different people in very different situations and also like I would hesitate to call Max evil in the first place. Like, yes, he murdered people. That is bad. You shouldn't do that. But also the context in which he murdered them, at least the first murder, I would suggest could be probably put as self-defense. You know, like we see in the episode that he was still being beat pretty horrifically all the way up until the week before he started killing them, you know? And so... Yeah, you're right. It's an interesting conclusion for Sam to draw that's like, well, this guy is a murderer. I, I must will, be a murderer. I will also become a murderer. <laughs> um, while we are on this, though, in this episode, obviously, it's primarily about furthering the plot of Sam and his new abilities. So we not only are seeing that he is having more and more nightmares and visions in his sleep, but he's also now having them during the day. We're seeing him having these headaches. Um, towards the end of the episode, he even um, displays some prowess with telekinesis, even though in the episode it was inadvertent. It was just, I think they used the like adrenaline fuels. Don't know how you did it. Like, so the moment where he uses telekinesis is like, it's panic and fear and rage and it's just sort of, it's uncontrollable and emotion driven versus something that he can do consciously on command at his own convenience like yeah. Max can where he can just sort of do whatever the fuck he wants. He's like honed, Max has like yeah. honed his abilities and even like Dean just like his reaction to Sam saying this, he like literally just holds up a spoon and he's like, bend this, you know, because he wants to like see what Sam's talking about. And Sam says, like, that's not how it works. I don't understand it yet. It and was a moment of panic. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, and it's like that thing where you have... He didn't decide to move the bookcase. Yeah. He just sort of panicked and the bookcase moved. moved. Yeah, exactly. It's very much like um, uh, in the first, like, Harry Potter, when he's talking about all of the ways that he accidentally used magic without knowing it to, like, get out of situations where he was scared. You know, like, he made his hair grow back in a night... And he wound up on the top of the school building where the bullies couldn't get him, you know. And he didn't know how he and did he it. And he absolutely accidentally, sorry, and he accidentally disappeared the glass when Dudley was at the zoo. The snake, yeah. You know, he did all these things. He didn't mean to do it. He didn't know how he was doing it or even that he was. He just knew that it had happened. And it's very similar in this instance with Sam. Do you have any predictions or thoughts about where this plot is going or where you would like to see it go? So for me, it's sort of, called into question what actually killed Mary. Mm. Because, I don't know, I've been sort of assuming that it was a supernatural thing, but this storyline opens up the possibility that maybe Sam killed Mary. Like, I don't think that's how they're going to go with it, but it definitely opens up that possibility. I... Because then what if it's a case of Sam was born with these abilities and something happened and something attacked and he accidentally killed Mary? And then what if the same thing happened to the other boy, smaller, Max? Do you know what? I've literally never thought about it from that perspective before. And I think that's really interesting and really cool. And certainly in later seasons, I think I'm going to, if I remember by that point, refer back to this because that's very, very relevant to, to later um, and different character arcs and things. But yes, no, that's a really interesting 
um, thought process. And yeah, I just had never considered that angle before. As, yeah, not I, from this point, anyway. I don't think that's the way they're going to go with it. I don't think they're going to make Sam guilty of Mary's death. But I do think it opened up the possibility. And if you were someone who's, say, watching it for the first time, it's not something that's a massive jump. Yeah. No, if that makes sense. Yeah. That Sam and Max had something to do with their mother's death. So do you think Sam and Max having their mothers die in the same way do you think that is a coincidence or do you think that that is that's a weird as fuck coincidence if it is (laughs) yeah so i would very much hesitate to say that it's just a coincidence yeah look given the fact that they both have some sort of psychic powers i don't want to say it's a coincidence it's one thing if it's just like oh like we met this random person and they're completely normal and fine but just their mother happened to burn to death on the ceiling yeah then maybe it's like maybe it's just a monster Hunting things at random. Yeah. But because they both have some sort of psychic abilities, the chances of if it is a supernatural being killing people, the chances of the supernatural being choosing two little boys who both have innate psychic powers... Who are around the same age. Who are around the same age to murder their mothers on the ceiling by burning them to death. Yeah. That is very weirdly specific and an oddly specific coincidence. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. No, that's all really cool. I just, um, it's, I think it's fun to get your thoughts because as we go through, obviously, like, you know, you get to see how right or wrong or, you know, whatever you were. And um, you're sitting there with a the smirk because you know exactly how wrong I am. Well, it's fun because it's like, oh, she'll be surprised by this or she'll enjoy this or she's not seeing this coming at all or like, you know. While we are talking about Sam and Max and their similarities and their differences as well, um, I wanted to talk about, and actually Sam himself brings this up at towards the end of the episode, he mentions how he and Dean could have had a very similar upbringing to Max had John turned to, well, more heavily to substance abuse and taking out his aggression on his children rather than taking it out on monsters. Like, if he had never found Missouri, if she'd never, like, showed him, you know, what's really out there in the dark, they could have had, essentially, Max's upbringing. And I wanted to talk about that because it's kind of framed in this way where they're like, oh, lucky, lucky we had Dad, who never would have done this. But then they talk about how he could have done that if he hadn't had the outlet of monster hunting, you know? And it came across as this weird kind of John apologism, like he did his best, but also he would have beat us senseless more. It's like the writers want to give John a, like, ribbon, like, not as big of an asshole as you could have been. Yeah, and I just wanted to bring it up because I remember you saying that they seem to be walking this weird line with John where sometimes they're like, he's very clearly a terrible parent, abusive sort of thing. And then sometimes they're like, he was just a man doing his best. And like this particular dialogue for me was just this very weird flip flop between both sides of the coin. You know, it's like they couldn't quite. Like most of the time an episode chooses a side, either they're like John was somebody who was clearly out of his depth, trying his best and just didn't do a good job. Yeah. And then there's the other side of the coin of 
John was just a shitty parent and terrible person and didn't try hard enough yeah. to support his sons. And I think it's like, yeah, it normally like an episode chooses a side so far. Like they're, they're either very strongly on the side of like John is trying his best mm-hmm. or John didn't try at all and he was a shitty parent. Like yeah. this one sort of like weirdly flip-flops between the two sides, which is weird. Yeah, and it's this strange kind of – and especially me coming at it with the context of like other episodes and things as well – like, it's this weird kind of implication that John didn't abuse them. Like, he he did in varying ways and varying degrees. Not in the way that Max was abused, no. but abuse doesn't just come in one form. one form. And you can't really... You can't compare trauma because... Each person's trauma comes, Bethany, you know. we're on the internet. You know that trauma is just a pissing contest. <laughs> Look, even in real life, sometimes it feels like a fucking pissing contest. But, like, you know, you can't you can't say, oh, one person's trauma is, is less or more because they're different innately, you know. And this is another example where it seems to be, like, oh, well, it could have been worse. Like, Dad could have abused us. And it's like, well, he did. He, he did do that. He just didn't beat you on a regular basis. Yeah. Or at least, you know, he didn't break your arm. Like, you know, this happened to Max. But, like, that doesn't mean he was a good, good parent. parent. Anyway. It just means that he's not a parent you want to murder now that you've got psychic abilities. Yes. But, like, also even in saying that, I think it is interesting, like, a lot of people who are in abusive relationships, regardless of the nature of that relationship, don't realize it until they get context for what a quote-unquote normal healthy relationship actually is so i feel like that is maybe part of it as well because they don't have that much context for what it is like to grow up in the like you know suburbia kind of life whereas other people do (laughs) okay i think we should talk about the boys pretending to be priests okay what a way to get to the family first up (laughs) I wow! I love Dean's little smirk when he's like thought of what they're gonna do. That boy just loves to play dress up so much. He loves it so much. Every single time he gets the opportunity to wear a silly little outfit and pretend he's someone else, he's in his element. But there's a quote, and I want to bring it up because I don't understand a lot, but I understand that this is something that's very on the nose as of later seasons. Yeah, right. We are all God's children. I know. All I was sitting there thinking is, as far as I know, some more than others. Am I wrong, Bethany? Jamie, you don't know how right you are. That's the funniest thing. Like, you don't... (laughs) Okay, so I don't think that'll be a next week because I've broken Bethany. Oh, it's so funny because that means more than you think in, like, ways you don't understand yet. That's so funny. Okay, we're going to come back to this as well. I'm going to start keeping track of all the times you say things that will be so funny to you in hindsight. So we can come back and re-listen, and I can point them out to you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. Um, yes, that is hilarious. I also want to talk about something about that same scene, uh, and it's actually something that comes from uh, Jensen. Ooh, we're going deep now. So, I mean, not really. This is just kind of funny. You know how in interviews and things, people often ask, like, oh, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, what advice would you give them? Yeah. Someone asked Jensen this in an interview, I think while season 15 was airing, or it was like, it was relatively recent, like within the last 12 to 18 months, I want to say. And 
He said that there was lots that he would want to tell himself, but if he could give himself any advice, he would go back to the first season of Supernatural and tell himself, I know you think it will be funny to eat the little Frankfurter sausages, but don't do it because they will make it so that Dean has to eat everything for the next 15 years. He's like, just don't do it. Just leave the props where they are. Because it's true, it becomes like a running gag where like Dean's always eating things and like trying to like steal like bits like when they go to like people's houses and stuff. He's like, oh, cookies, I'll just take one of those. And he's like, I have to eat in every scene and it's horrible. <laughs> and I just, I thought that was very funny. Um, and I thought that you would benefit from knowing it. Wow, I I'm benefited. Oh, good. One other thing I wanted to talk about from the scene when they're, uh, they've gone to the wake, I assume, and they're speaking with the family. Sam is downstairs chatting to Max and Dean asks to use the bathroom if he can go upstairs and sort of sneak around. And he pulls out the infrared thermal scanner. Now, what were your thoughts on the infrared thermal scanner first? Did you have any? Look. With the green laser thingy? Uh, yeah. The, the laces of what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is a And choice. the, like, flat screen, like, fucking tech, whatever. Like, portable DVD player looking screen. It literally looks like, I don't know, like, a low-quality tablet super glued to a big motherboard with some lasers on it. And I need you to understand, I hate this so much. Because, one, they never explain what it's for. Two, it makes no sense. Like, they have flip phones, cassettes, a car that doesn't have seat belts, and a fucking EMF meter made out of a Walkman, and yet they have this fucking high-tech bullshit, which, by the way, they never use again. Ever. <laughs> this is the one and only appearance of the infrared thermal scanner. That's why I have to keep checking what it's called because I didn't even know it had a name until I was watching this episode and made sure to pay attention in case they gave it a name. I didn't catch the name at all. So yeah. I was just thinking that weird fucking that's thing how with lasers. That's how irrelevant this piece of technology is. They literally never ever use it again and it pisses me off so much. What I don't understand about them using this weird thing with like the screen and the lasers. It's so irrelevant. They have the EMF meter walkman. Yes. Yes! Why wouldn't they just bring that back? They've already got the prop made. Yes! They've already established that it's something that can, like, work out if there's any supernatural presences nearby. And it's so much easier to explain to a person, oh, I'm just up here, like, I've just got my Walkman, than it is to explain, um, yeah, this <laughs> the looks like it's, <laughs> this looks like it's from Doctor Who. I, I just, it's like the weirdest sci-fi element that they just shoehorn in to a horror show, and it just doesn't work because it's not. I mean, I guess you could argue it's sci-fi horror, but it's like it's, it's a pretty not. flimsy argument. You It'd know? be closer to fantasy horror than sci-fi horror. Yeah, and I, I just, I, it really grinds my gears. Like, I wouldn't mind it so much if it was a once-off piece of technology, and they explained why they were using it, or like. They it showed them acquiring it somehow, and then it like was introduced. But the fact that he just pulled it out, uses it. There is no explanation for what it is, what it does, how it works. All we know is there's no spirits or ghosts there. Yeah, it just it like and at least the EMF meter, you can like see like the red thing, and you can hear the like noise that goes up and down with the meter. But this is just like, how do you know? How where did it show you on the screen? 
The screen showed nothing. Is that how you know that there's nothing? I, it, it pisses me off. I don't know what it is. It's just one of those like tiny irrelevant details, but it just, every time I watch this episode, it makes me irrationally angry because they had the EMF meter. It was right fucking there. And they use this fucking infrared, what? Thermal checker? Infrared thermal scanner. Which doesn't make sense. Just like the way they've named that doesn't make sense. But we're moving on. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that is enough we ranting about the on. infrared. I'm just going to get You've increasingly more You've spent more, more time angry. ranting about the infrared thermal scanner than they spent on the episode on it. Yeah, because the episode doesn't care, and I do. I care about plot consistencies in the CW show Supernatural. You're going to be disappointed. I know. I have been severely. Okay. While we're still on that scene, I just want to say, they open the door, they're pretending to be the priest, right? Yeah. It's fucking Sabrina's art. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I was watching this with my roommate. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was watching this with my roommate, and she was like, oh, my God. It's her from Sabrina. And I didn't know what she was talking about, but I'm glad that you do. Yeah. (laughs) Did you never watch Sabrina as a kid? I did, but, like, not enough to recognize, like, like, I would recognize Salem. More the than I cat. would, yeah. More than I would recognize the people. No, she played one of the arts. Okay, let's talk about the special effects in this episode, though. Sure. The second death scene where the uncle dies with the window guillotine. With the window guillotine. Yeah, that is not how it fucking works. Okay. It is not. Okay, so it's a window guillotine, right? Yeah. Sorry, guillotine. Yeah. The proper French. The proper French. <laughs> My French teacher would be so mad. <laughs> It comes down and it like it looks like it fully chops his head off. Yeah. And like there's a splurt of blood up the window. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The window is like, you know, like a decent it's, ten it, odd centimeter like, you know, five, ten centimeters across. It would not cut his head off. Wait, do you mean like like the width of the frame? Like yes. okay. I thought you meant like the window itself was like ten. I'm no, like, Jamie, the window is fucking huge. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. I'm also oh, like the frame. The is like, frame is like like a good couple inches. Is a good couple inches, mm. and like that comes down on your neck. It's not gonna chop your head off. It would break your neck, which is a bloodless death. Why the hell did they do the? I don't understand how that was necessary to do like the special effects blood like. <laughs> We understand the implications without you having to spoon feed it to us with blood that doesn't make sense. Um, I think they did it for the drama because it's more dramatic to have a blood spurt than it is to just have a guy be hit in the neck and then die. <laughs> that would be my. That would be. But my if they were going for more dramatic, why would they even use the window in the first place? So, I... surely there are other ways that this telekinetic kid can kill this man. I feel like in the movie Ghost, there is like a similar death. I haven't seen that movie in probably 15 years so I may be remembering it wrong, but I have a feeling that there is like a similar window decapitation situation. I may also be thinking about the wrong movie. I don't know. I can't find it on Google. This is the first time Google has let me down. (laughs) But I'm wondering if maybe... So you're not even counting that time where you try to work out the chemical composition of ghosts? I don't blame Google for that. (laughs) But this I can blame Google for. Um, Yeah, so I don't know if I'm remembering that wrong or what, but I I wanted to know if maybe there was like a comparable scene because you know how sometimes in like, well, various movies and TV shows, they'll do like 
little tiny homages to like other like media or whatever. I was just wondering if like maybe that's kind of what it was about, but I can't find it on Google. So regardless, it's weird as hell. Yeah, <laughs> that is the window would kill the dude. I'm not arguing about that. The fact that the window kills the dude and there's a splash of blood is what I'm arguing about. It makes <laughs> no off. sense. Why that the window is not sharp enough to do that? I um I wrote down a note that says. Uh, Local man makes the dumbest possible decision, brackets window guillotine. Because <laughs> because the other thing that my roommate brought up, she was like, why does he stick his head out like that? She's like, what is he hoping to accomplish? And she made a good point. She was really mad about this scene, actually. It was weird because she, like myself, likes Supernatural quite a lot. And I've never seen her quite this passionate <laughs> about a death in it. But yeah, she makes a great point. Why did he have to stick his head out? Why did he do that? He's already closed the window. He knows that the window closes. And this was my point about that scene. He closes the window. Like, he looks across. He's got his shopping. He sees the windows open. He's like, huh, that's weird. I don't remember opening that. He closes it. He locks it. He walks back to his shopping. Like, five seconds later, the window opens by itself. And he just looks at it. And he takes a drink from his beer. And then he goes back over and tries to close it. And I was like, was your drink really more important? than the fact that you just saw a window unlock and open by itself? Like, is that your list of priorities? Beer? Mysterious window opening in impossible circumstances. I think for me what's really sort of confusing about that scene mm. is he's literally just had Sam and Dean come up to him and go, You're in danger. You're in danger. Yeah. And then he proceeds to not even bat an eye when he knows for a fact, like, like, the first time, okay, maybe you left the window open. The second time, he literally just closed and locked that. Like, mm. that is something weird going on there. And he doesn't think to himself, hmm, maybe this is the danger I was warned about. I just, like, I was trying to put myself in that situation. Like, if I was in his shoes, I've come home from Aldi, I've put my, my bags down, you know, and I'm, like, getting my whatever, like, my eggs out or whatever to put in the fridge. And the window's open, and I'm like, oh, it's a bit nippy, I'll go close that. And I close the window, and then as I'm, like, opening the fridge, I hear the window slide open again. I think I just run away, like, quite genuinely, especially if I then can't get the window to close again. I'm like, right. Something's weird here. Time to go. Honestly, like, if I, was, if I had my roommates, I would call for my roommates. If I was home alone, like this guy seems to be, obviously Max is there, but he doesn't know that. Like, I think I would just put my dog in the car and I would drive away. I would just like drive to my mum's and be like, mum, I don't know what's happening, but I don't like it. Or maybe like call someone. I don't know. I mean, also to be fair, like Australia doesn't have a lot of windows like that. Like most of us slide sideways. Yeah. This is up and down. And we've got fly wire and everything. That always weirds me out in TV shows and movies where they just like open the window and they can just slide through it. I know, it's like all those like... Like um, do you not get bugs? Like Like, I know they get bugs, (laughs) but like do you not get bugs? Episode 8 would have been real different if they just had some fucking flywire. <laughs> no, I always wanted that too. Like, you see all, like, the American, like, coming-of-age movies, and it's, like, all these teenagers sneaking out of their fucking two-story bedroom windows. And I'm like, first of all, what are you doing? But second of all, how do you just get out of your fucking window? Does it not have, like, screens? Like, like if you want to get out of an Australian window, it's, like, a whole production. Like, you got to pop the fly screen out yeah. to be able to get through it. Yeah. And that's, like, without breaking the flywire itself as well. Otherwise, you're immediately tipping your parents off that you're sneaking out. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, 
um, I think it's safe to say that neither of us were the sneaking out of the house without our parents being aware type of gals. But uh, if I was to try and sneak out of my parents' house, yeah, it would have been very hard without tipping them off because the fly wire also pops out like outwards. So it just clatters to the ground. Okay, while we're talking about the death scenes and special effects. Yes. Let's talk about the stepmother's death. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, so, near death. Near death. There was a death in the dream. Yeah. Okay, so the moment where the knife is hovering right next to my eyeball. Oh, terrifying. Horrifying. I was like, holy shit, that is an effective shot. Yeah. Right? So good. You're so... And you see the tear mm-hmm. blink out. <sighs> terrifying. Mm-hmm. But then that shot where the knife actually goes through her head, it doesn't seem to have any gravitas to it. Like, you go from this shot, which is like... The tension is gone. The tension is palpable in that shot. And then you go to actual death and it's all like, she's dead now. Yeah. I kind of wish they hadn't shown her actual... Like, I wish that it had just been, like... Implied. Yeah, like it cuts back to Sam. Like, you see the knife going and then it just cuts back to Sam. Before the knife actually... Yeah. Yeah. I, um... One thing I did want to say about that, like, death, is that the first two that happen, the first death is, like, dismissed as a suicide, and then the second death, it seems like some kind of freak accident. But the way that he was planning on killing his stepmother is, like, pretty hard to excuse that one as, like, a suicide or freak accident. Like... I understand, though, that Max is after power, right? But what mm. I don't understand, and he's after feeling safe, Freedom. is why he would confront his stepmother to kill her, but not his father or uncle. Yeah, that confused me too. I would probably describe the stepmother's death as the most horrifying. Mm. Why are you reserving the most horrifying death for the person who was not an active participant, but merely a bystander? And yeah. okay, yeah, she probably should have done something to try and help you. Probably. But also, she was probably terrified herself. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up as well because a couple of times through the episode, I think the first mention of it is when they're talking to the neighbour and they actually find out the extent of the abuse. Um, first of all, I want to mention, that guy said he called the police like seven or eight times. Why the fuck was Max not removed by Child Protective Services? Like, who the fuck decided that it was okay for him to keep living there? That's my first question. I think the reason why that they throw that in there is because... I think the mother also covers, and that's mm. why Max is so mad at the mother because she didn't say anything when the police. Yeah. And unless they have substantial proof. But what gets me is they probably should have had substantial proof just based on his hospitalization records alone. Yeah, because that's like, I think he said that his arm was broken on at least two occasions. Like, kids are clumsy, but not that fucking clumsy. Um, anyway. Uh, they He mentions there that, like, you know, she just kind of didn't do anything. And a couple of times they say that that is worse. And I just obviously, obviously, yes, she should have done something. She should have said something. She should have gone to the authority. She should have, you know, all these things. But also there's this weird assumption that he was abusing Max, but not abusing anyone else. Like... We don't know because we never we're never told if the dad was also abusing Max's stepmom. Like, if and you... it seems highly unlikely because most abusers don't really pick and choose their victims. Yeah, and like they're sort of just generally abusive. 
and they'll abuse anyone who they feel like they have power over. Exactly. And they can get away with abusing. And like we said before, there are different kinds of abuse. Just because he wasn't beating her doesn't mean he wasn't abusing her. And so I think that it was this really weird kind of thing to put in there that she was somehow worse for doing nothing. When for all intents and purposes, she could have been in a very similar situation or at least in at a position where if she spoke out, she would be putting her life at risk. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, you know, if someone's being bullied, the fear that you're going to stand up to the bully makes you a target, yeah. you know? And those situations, I don't know. I'm not saying she did the right thing. I think it was, again, I think it's a really weird choice to have the death where she is terrified and she knows why she's dying. Mm-hmm. Why it was reserved for the stepmom versus yeah, the uncle or the dad, where it's like they're the ones who actually did it. Like, you know? It makes me wonder if maybe, maybe from Max's perspective, the uncle and the dad, maybe his concern was that if he tried to confront them about it, that he would lose that confrontation. Like, maybe he had to attack them from a distance. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with so, her... Yeah. Because... But also he's fucking telekinetic. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. You know, but this is more, I guess, a psychological thing. And specifically because his powers are linked to his psyche, I wonder if him being in a vulnerable position impacts his, like, psychic... Because you see when he's getting really stressed out when Sam and Dean can... And he has the gun out and the chandelier and everything is, like, moving. I wonder if by keeping that distance he keeps that control. Whereas if he got close to them, he wouldn't be able to control it as well. Whereas with the stepmother, maybe he is able to have that more control because she is not such a direct threat. That would be my kind of rationalization, I guess, of why her death would be more, why there would be a confrontation versus the other two. It feels very disconnected that he would confront her who was an observer of the abuse and comparing the crimes it's kind of like why would you give her a death where she's absolutely terrified and knows exactly why she's dying but you wouldn't do that for yeah i guess the thing that really bothered me is everyone just kept saying that she was the worst of the three because she did nothing and i was like i objectively that's wrong i don't I feel like that should that. be my psa for today yeah child abuse like, actively abusing somebody is worse than witnessing child abuse. I yeah. feel like it doesn't need to be said, but also, like, if this is a point of view that actual people have, that is very concerning. Because, again, nine times out of ten, it's a case of if you are witnessing any sort of abuse, domestic abuse, you know, child abuse, any sort of violent attack like that. Yeah, or even psychological Even psychological, if you try to step in, there is a good chance you become the new target. Yeah. And so it is not a case of standing by makes you guilty. Yeah. And also you have to remember that even when, specifically women, I'm going to talk about this from a woman's perspective because, first of all, I am one. And second of all, the data shows that women are statistically more likely to be victims in domestic abuse situations um, and statistically the perpetrator is likely to be a man this is not dismissing any male victims of abuse oh, absolutely it not. is not or dismissing dis- the possibility that women can be abusers because it is a reality and it happens every day but by and large based on the 
general statistics, women are more likely to be victims and men are more likely to be abusers. Yeah. It is just the way it is because of the way society is. Yeah. It is not an individual attack on any one person and it is not dismissing anyone who does not fit those general statistics. As a woman, I think we are very much raised to Understood. have to constantly check ourselves to see if we're doing anything that would put us at risk yeah. for this. And it is a constant thing that we live with every day. Yeah, and I think what I was going to say is even when women come forward and say, I'm being abused or my children are being abused or for whatever reason my home environment is not safe because of my partner, the number of cases that actually get taken seriously, that actual work is put into to like help these women out, like... So many are just dismissed. People just say, oh, you're exaggerating or oh, you're hysterical or it just gets pushed to the oh, side. Oh, but he's, he's always been a great guy. Oh, but he's such, he's so nice to me. We have a great, you know, we go out for drinks after work, you know. And it's always this like, oh, but, you know, it's not, he's not always like that. You know, oh, you know, he only did it once. And it's like, it shouldn't matter. But I, I do understand like, there's probably a good reason why she didn't do anything. Maybe she had tried to do something before. How would the neighbour know? You know, is he in the room when the abuse is happening? And we know that Max has said, you know, you just stood there and watched. But we don't know when his dad began a relationship with his stepmom. It could have been from when Max was too young to remember maybe for the first couple of years she did try and step in maybe she did try and protect him and it got her fucked up or maybe forcing her to watch was part of the psychological abuse Mm. that was happening to her Mm -hmm. because there is something that is uniquely terrifying about witnessing bad things happening and knowing that you are powerless to do anything yeah, about having it. Having no control. It's like I'm reading The Hunger Games at the moment and I've just started reading the third book. Part of the way they really get to Katniss, the capital get to Katniss, is not by torturing her directly, but it's by taking people that she cares about. Like they have Peter and in the second lot of The Hunger Games, you know, they have Prim's voice and, you know, they whip Gail. Like they don't directly... They also um, kill Sinner. Yes. Directly yeah. in front of her right before the second Exactly. Games. It's not about... We're going to hurt you physically. It's we are going to hurt other people. You're going to rationalize as it's your fault, you know, and that's how they try and break her. But no, I think it's not quite as cut and dry as the episode presents it. It's too complex of an issue to appropriately. She is a villain because she didn't do anything about the abuse happening. The thing is, we don't know if she was trying to do something about the abuse happening. We don't know if she was also a victim of the abuse. And we also don't know whether she's just too scared to do anything about the abuse because she is terrified of making herself a target and risking her own life. Okay, that's not necessarily better, but it also does give a lot of context as to why she maybe wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. So while we're talking about that final sequence, there's, like, the whole bunch of different, like, dreams and visions that he has. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it happens all through the episode. I just want to know with the first one... Mm Mm-hmm. How the hell did he get so much information from a dream? Yeah. Like, he gets a full number plate from a dream. It's very specific. Like, very specific details. Like, yeah. I have a lot of questions about just this episode in general, but also about, like, Sam's 
sidekick arc and like his abilities thus far. One thing that I do like about uh, this episode and also Sam's arc is they show that his abilities are progressing and they show that like he's getting like the visions are getting more specific and they are now happening through the day like I mentioned earlier and he's now got this telekinesis you know and it's showing how it's developing and he even says to to Max you know your powers are like further ahead than mine and they started at around the same time and it shows them, I guess, I don't know, getting stronger. Um, yeah, but as far as I could tell, Max didn't seem to have any of the visions that Sam has. So it's... But up until this point, Sam hadn't had telekinesis either. True. This is the first instance. And um, I just want to real quickly throw this out here. The fact that Dean brought a handgun to a fight with a person who they knew had telekinesis and could manipulate objects. Interesting choice. Oh, <laughs> it really, really got me. And obviously it became a bit of a, a pitfall for them. I mean, it was just a stupid decision from the start. Mm. It was it was a choice and it was the wrong choice. Yeah. But it is interesting, I think, um, Sam and Dean's uh, approaches to dealing with Max. Um, Dean pretty much straight from the go says, well, we're going to kill him. And Sam is like, we're going to what now? Uh, and they kind of have a back and forth and they, you know, I said to so you. So whose side were you on in this back and forth? Who I was you? just going to ask you this, actually. I remember I said to you a few episodes ago, one of the things that the show does a lot is they kind of, the two brothers disagree on how to approach the scenario. And you kind of, as the viewer, are kind of forced to like pick an angle that you prefer. Fair. And yeah. yeah, so in for me, for this instance, I 100% was like, on Sam's side, I was like, okay, this person needs help and it's not like it's a spirit who you can't like take to therapy like this is but also, i think the difference is like a spirit is already dead like they already lived True. their life mm. you know whereas this is a human being who's st- like i think it's different to murder like a wendigo who probably should have died centuries ago and is only yeah. still alive because they're eating human meat yeah i think it's very different to kill a wendigo who's already been alive for decades longer than they would have lived as a person centuries even centuries even versus somebody who's like still quite young and has a lot of life left to live and is just sort of in a shitty situation making bad decisions because they are feeling like their life is spiraling out of control they are being abused like it's different it's kind of like if matilda was a horror movie instead of or a horror book instead of a children's novel yeah. You know, like, because it's the same thing. Like, her, in or in that book anyway, uh, her powers manifest because she's being so downtrodden and, and repressed and it's like her, like, escapism manifesting, basically. You know, and it's a similar sort of thing. Like, he finds control and he finds power and, like, sense of self through these abilities. He just uses them for murder instead of making pencils fly around the room for fun. But also I feel like it's really interesting because at this stage... They don't know for certain that it's just Max. Like, at this point of the episode, it's still a bit ambiguous because you've also got to remember back to... I don't remember what the episode number is, but Hookman. It appears like it is the girl who's doing it, like the pastor's daughter. Oh, yeah. But it's not. It just looks like it's her because there's a spirit attached to her. So how do they know that it's not a case of a spirit is attached to the sun because they swept the house, but they didn't 
Hold like, an EMF reader to his forehead. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> what was it fucking called oh, again? the infrared... Infrared thermal scanner. scanner. Yeah. They didn't hold an infrared thermal scanner up to them. <laughs> so how do they know it's, like, not something attached to Max? You know what I mean? One thing I will say is... As much as they, like, tried to paint Max as his, like, evil villain, they gave him such a funny line where he's just, like, talking about all the neighbours who, at the start of the episode, just, like, stood on the fucking front lawn and watched the Ambos take his dad's body away. Uh, (laughs) All started coming around with casseroles and stuff, and he goes, nothing says I'm sorry like a tuna casserole. (laughs) It's so funny because I was like, I was like, you know, the funny thing is, you're right. Like, what a fucking weird societal thing where we're like, oh, I'm sorry you've gone through this trauma. Here is a baked dish. Like, it's nice. It's like a nice gesture. But it's also like, it seems weird. Someone dies and people just bring them casseroles. Why do we choose casseroles? Why is that the death dish? Like, I don't think I ever eat casserole. But if someone died and someone brought me a casserole, it would make sense. I don't know. Yes, it is a weird death dish. Like... Universally, how did we decide on casserole? I don't was know. Was it like roll some dice? Like it just feels like. But if someone died, I don't know what else I would bring them. Like I wouldn't bring them like I don't know potato salad. Like I wouldn't bring them potato salad is joy. I might I might bring them like a lasagna, but it's always something that's, that's in still, a bait. Like yeah. it's got to be in a ceramic or like a glass, like rectangular shaped object that you put tin foil over. Like you know. Like alfoil, like you, it's. You could bring them a quiche, right? You could bring them a quiche. You couldn't bring them a pizza. Pizza doesn't hold longer. Pizza is going to be something that holds. Death food. <laughs> Sorry, this is so. Could you bring them a curry though? Theoretically, almost fulfills the requirements. Doesn't quite. Yeah, like see, I feel like a curry is good because it's like comfort food and it's like warming, but it's like it doesn't go in a dish. Like you don't heat it up in the oven most of the time. It's got to be something that you eat hot. It can't be something like pizza that you could eat cold. Yeah. It's got to be It's got to be hot. I don't know what it is, but there's, those are the rules. The it's only be other thing is I would maybe bring, like, cookies. Maybe cookies. You're looking at me like I, like I, I bring committed cookies. a sin. You wouldn't bring cookies. <laughs> no. Cookies feel like celebration food. True. You wouldn't bring them a cake, would you? No. Here, have a cake. A relative of yours is just... Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, we need to get off of this topic. <laughs> yeah, let's um, let's jump back to. Oh, what else do I have to say about ooh. this? There's a moment, and Sam's like, maybe there's nothing supernatural going on. It's like he fucking dreamed. I the know. Specific, of course, there's something fucking supernatural going on. Why the um, fuck would he dream about it otherwise? I want to talk about Dean and his thoughts on Sam and his psychic abilities for yes. a minute, because I think. Like, he goes through the whole episode and Sam's like, aren't you, like, freaked out? And he's like, no, I'm not freaked out. And it's like, the narrator's like, he was lying. He was freaking out a lot. (laughs) And, like, poor Sam, this whole episode, is just so upset because he keeps seeing these people die. And it's like this feel of hopelessness because it doesn't matter what he does. He, like, he just keeps showing up and they're already dead. Like, he keeps trying to get there and he can't get there fast enough. And he's really, like, taking it quite hard. And then there's Dean who's, like, desperately desperately not wanting Sam to be psychic, desperately just wanting it to be anything but that because that's a problem they can't fix. Like, he can't hunt Sam. (laughs) Which is apparently his, like, thought process. Like, fucking hunt it. 
We should talk about, though, while we're on this topic. Yeah. The way that Jensen decided that Dean would be a terrible liar. He decided that. He went full on with it. Like, (laughs) there is something about the way he acts when Dean is lying that's like... You know. You know. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he very much... It's... He... He holds himself differently. He His tone is different. Yeah, you're right. It's such a distinct posture, balance, yeah. aura that he exudes when he's lying as Dean. God, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, and he also, like, the deflection with, like, humour and stuff is, like, he just, he always does it. It's always, like, oh, something, like, with the spoon. He's, like, oh, like, I have telekinesis. And he's, like, well, bend this then, like, you know. But yeah, so like Dean is freaking out and he's trying to reflect with humour and you can see him sort of scrambling to pull himself together because Sam is losing it because he keeps watching these people die and not being able to save them. Like, you know, when they see the guy's decapitated head, it's Dean who's like, here, we've got to wipe our our prints. Like he takes control of that situation because Sam is not in a position to. He's the one who goes inside and looks in the apartment. He's the one who does that retcon. Um, I will say though, the shot they use when they're on the fire escape is really cool. Oh, where they're going upstairs? Yes, and they're like... Yeah, isn't it? I did enjoy that shot. Actually, they had another fun one where uh, at the very beginning when they're in the motel and Sam's like, we got to go. And they go from like the lamp to the headlight. I thought that was really cool. You're looking at me like you disagree. But I thought it was fun. Um, It was just something different that they hadn't done before. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was... At the very end of the episode, Sam is when talking... When they're in the motel room? Yes, when they're in the motel room. Yes, because I want to talk about how Dean folds shit. He goes like, <laughs> fold, fold, scrunch, 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 scrunch. And then he sort of puts it down. And like, wow. Yeah. That is a method of folding. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I interrupted you. Um, Continue. You're all good. While we're on like kind of like a silly aside, I also just wanted to quickly mention, I think all of the special effects in this episode were actually quite good. A lot of them were, like, really sort of, like, practical movements, like the window and, like, the knife and, like, all these things. I thought they were quite good. No. (laughs) You can disagree with me. I think there were some special effects in this episode that were really good. And I think there are others that were just, like, baffling to me. The one that I did not like, and I think it's just because CGI has improved since 2005, but the floating gun at the very end when they're in the bedroom and he shoots himself. Weird perspective shot. I just, the gun, it looks fake. And I it, it is just because it has aged, but it's the only one in the episode where I was like, yeah, that's not believable. I feel like most of the stuff, like the um, uh, letter opener spinning and like all those ones throughout the episode, I think they were actually quite strong. I um, just hated the window. <laughs> I hated the window. Um, Why? Anyway, this is besides the point. But also, like, if he gets decapitated by the window, like, they... Palm it off as a freak accident. They dismiss mm. it as a freak accident. The window is too wide, and how would it get enough force to I know, decapitate him? It's too him? blunt. It's too blunt. It would not decapitate him. Why? <laughs> like, how is he planning on palming that off as an accident? Like he did, because obviously he cares about like the way the deaths are perceived. Yeah. Because like he very clearly made his father's death look like a suicide. Well, see, that's why I was confused about the knife through the eye for the stepmother, because it's like, you can't, that's not a freak accident. Anyway, getting back to my original point. Yes, sorry. No, that's that's okay. I mean, I derailed it myself. Dean says to Sam, you know, you're not going to end up like, like Max. And Sam's like, how do you know? And Dean says, you know, you've got something that Max didn't. And Sam immediately goes, what? Like, dad? Dean's like, no, (laughs) me. (laughs) I did see that coming. When he was yeah. like, oh, you've got, I'm like, it's going to, 
Dean's going to say it's himself. Like, yeah, and he has a fair point. The fact that Sam immediately assumes he means John is kind of insulting. It's like, fuck, man. And then, you know, Dean does the whole, like, nothing bad's going to happen to you while I'm around. And it's very much the, like, parent-child dynamic coming back full swing, you know, where Dean's like, I'm going to protect you. I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. Like, I'm going to watch out for you kind of thing. And I just wanted to to bring that up because I just, the fact that Dean is like, I am your parent. And Sam's like, John is my parent. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's like, he just like forgets that Dean is that person in his life. Yeah. It's like, he has no idea. I feel like it's just because he just thinks that's how brothers are. Oh, could yeah, it could be a perspective thing where he's he, just like, yeah, that's just how older siblings know, be. Brothers just, you know, make sure you don't die. You know, they basically act as your parents. Like, it's fine. Yeah. That's just what brothers do. Everyone's old, elder siblings cooks them dinner and, uh, oh, I just realised I can't really say much more without it being spoilers, but people who've seen the show know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> but yeah. no, so yeah, it's a, I, think it, I think it might just honestly be like a perspective thing. Yeah. I do love that Dean's like, you know what we do now, though? And Sam's like, what? And he's like, we go to Vegas. <laughs> so on that note, I think we should probably call it a day because that is ending on the same note that the episode ended on, which is a really serious discussion immediately followed um, by a joke. 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 Yeah. The same joke, even. Yeah. Um, Look at that. Full circle. Okay. So, Paralleling to supernatural. Oh, God. Look how far we've come. Um... <laughs> So, okay, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yeah, no other points to make, though. I, I don't think I have anything okay. else yet. I'm tapped out. Lovely. Cool. Uh, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Hope you enjoyed. Um, Jamie, what would you rate this episode, Nightmare, out of five? I think I'm going to give it, like, two and a half. Okay. It would be a three, but I hate the window decapitation it scene just... so much. It cut another half a point off. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. No worries. I would agree, except my thing is for the infrared thermal scanner. So... Oh, I didn't even, <laughs> didn't even remember that. Maybe I should make it a two. Oh, no. God. I'm just kidding. I've uh, already doctored enough points. Uh, but no, it just... I was very disappointed that this is what they did with the title, like, Nightmare. Sure. No, that's fair. All right, cool. And speaking of titles, the next episode is called The Benders. Do you have any thoughts, theories... Okay, so it's going to be an homage to Avatar The Last Airbender. Of course, absolutely. They can bend the elements. I'm very much looking forward to it because I enjoy that piece of media immensely. And everything was peaceful until the Fire Nation attacked. attacked. But no, so that's all I can think of other than that. Like, I You don't have any I, other thoughts? And considering this one was about somebody who was telekinetic, I don't think it's about something that's telekinetic again. Like, it seems weird to do two do back-to-back. telekinesis episodes back-to-back. So, like... Fair. I don't know. It's a very non-specific title, isn't it? It's actually, yeah. For, of all the titles we've kind of had so far, I feel like this one gives you the least info in, in terms yeah. of, like, the ability to make a prediction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that brings us to the end. Thanks for listening. If you want to interact with Jamie, feel free to go over and speak to her on Twitter at DriverPicksPod. Feel free to talk to her about the effectivity of window guillotines. I'm sure she will have some very intellectual discussions to have over there with you about that. But if you want to get in contact with Bethany over on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast, I'm sure she she just wants all your death dishes. Like, what <laughs> dish are you giving to people when they've had a relative die? Like, Send me your favourite casserole recipe and I'll try and make it at home and I'll, I'll do a rating out of ten. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening. We've said that three times. Yes, we have. And I'll say it again. (laughs)